tune in, tone up. Your one-stop shop for guitar tricks, tips, techniques and advice. With me, Gary Shilliday, and my own excellent teacher, Dan Davis. <laughs> coffee, I've had my coffee as well before we start. But that I can, I can match it all up anyway now. Cool. Right. Yeah. Quick and dirty. There you go. Yeah. So you're going to learn a lot. Yeah, cool. Shall I uh, do the intro or do you want to? Uh, you go for it, mate. Yeah. So, um, Gary, I had a, a thought for today, if you uh, would concur. I would Concurring like to, uh, is always a positive <laughs> option when I enter the Tune In Tone Up studio. Oh, quite. <laughs> studio of sorts. Yes. <laughs> the brightest, lightest studio you'll ever find. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a, a little thought. We'd sort of examined some unusual scales, had we not. Yep. So, I wanted to look at their application. Sounds good. Indeed. Yep. It, it's a question I get asked a lot. Before I do, I need to do a quick shout-out. Go on. I do. Yeah, good plan. So, Gary and I have been given these compression wraps for musicians by Wrist Grips. And we're going to try them out. According to the details here, it says decreased pain, swelling and soreness, relief from carpal tunnel issues, discomfort from repetitive stress. So, we're going to try them out, apparently, looking at the uh, packaging there. Can we stick in a little closer to the camera? Yes, let's Here do that. Um, thank you very much there for this. Obviously, it's cool back to the fun, uh, isn't it? it? So, <laughs> no According, point in doing that. So, we're going to go. try those out. and We're going to get back to you on that one and, and let you know with what uh, we think. I've had two carpal tunnel operations. Yep. Gary's had his own set of nerve problems recently, which yeah, has sort of yeah. curtailed some playing, unfortunately. And when you play enough, I, th I think you'd agree, Gazzy, it's one of those things that kind of goes with the territory to a degree. You know, if you're a vocalist, you can easily lose your voice or or have yeah. or damage if you're a guitar player and you and you overdo it. Yeah. You know, you can get carpal tunnel problems. So we're going to try it out. I've had, as I say, two carpal tunnel operations. Wasn't funny. So I'm going to try that out. For me, it was um, probably weight the weight of a guitar, and I'm going to be trying a harness strap so we should see how that goes sounds dodgy i know folks so you're going to be looking like one of those window cleaners that works on the 27th yeah. floor it's not going to look the coolest but hopefully it'll keep you quite a bucket so. and squeegee where's your wallet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other thing i'm going to do a little shout out to uh my good friend damien ford who works for dynamic distribution thank you for hooking me up with these kurt mangan strings um it's done me a nice little artist deal on those and I've been using these recently I really like them yeah try them folks they're not the cheapest strings but I think they are actually from the point of view of feel and so forth and and stability in yeah. terms of like you know kind of getting bedded in very quickly about as good as they get and they sound and feel amazing they really do they do feel good they feel a little more bendy yeah for your poundage so yeah, you know if yeah. you use tens and you know you find those a little bit 
stiff or you use 11s and you find them a little bit stiff, try the Kurt Mangans. They also do in-between gauges like 9.5 and 10.5. And yeah, yeah. So, you know, you can always, if you're finding 11s too heavy and 10s too light or you're, you're kind of dancing between the Strat and the Les Paul and the different scale lengths make an impact, worth a, worth a try. Give them a try. They're really great. Yeah, uh, there's one other thing as well, isn't there? And that's that we made the, the uh, best guitar podcast of all time, according to... How uh, could I forget? Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's, that's it. Thank you very much to, I think his name is John... And I think it's called, is his company Sure Pick Grips or something like that? I Shore think Grips, it was something? Sure Grips, yeah, Sure Grip Picks, I think it is. We'll get that right next time and give him another shout out. Yeah, yeah, we came in at number cool. 47 with a really nice write-up. Yeah. And he, he, got, he gets us. We like it. He does, he does. So what we're talking about, as we mentioned earlier, is the unusual scale choices and where to use them. Now, this got thrown up by another pupil I was teaching yesterday. By, by a... Um, Dog, uh, at some stage. Thrown up by a dog. Dog and vom joke. Call cool back to a previous episode. I've been just small through the last 36, 37 episodes until you find the, the dog throwing up episode. Um, yeah, it was brought up, should I say, by a pupil yesterday, uh, which was application. He said, well, I've got these unusual scales now, and that's great. That takes an entire lesson up right there. But, I want to know how to use them, where to use them. Because with so many scales, I think you'd agree, in the right situation, we could pretty much get a scale that fits with the cores, the cores fit with the scale, and away you go. Obviously, within that, you can choose good notes and not so good notes. But, for example, you're playing over a blues, the blues scale and the minor pentatonic, or in places maybe the major pentatonic, you can take that scale, take those shapes, and away you go. Yeah. However, unusual scales are not quite as easy to apply. So, first one we're going to look at is the harm, not harmonic minor, sorry, the melodic minor. Okay, cool. So, the melodic minor is very, very unusual. It's got a major third. It's got a major seven major with a minor third and also a major six. So it goes root, second, flat third, four, five, six rather than a flat six, seven rather than a flat seven. Yes. And then has the root note, obviously, gotcha. the octave up on the end. So it's a bit of a strange one. If you're in the key of A, we're going A, B, C, D, E, F sharp, G sharp, back to A. So you've got the jump from D to E, E to F sharp, F sharp to G sharp. So several kind of tone leaps in one hit. So it's almost got in places a little essence of the whole tone scale there, which is what's making it sound strange. And, and run with and blast over anything doesn't really work very well that way but the thing with scales 
is we have to have a name for different note combinations. Right. Really, we have to have some kind of naming system, even if we're only going to use that scale for certain things, even if we're only going to use that scale, say, here and there. Yeah. We need to kind of give it a name. It can't just be like a bunch of different notes that kind of work. So what we're going to do here is we're going to look at the situations under which the scale might work. Right, gotcha. The chords which are are brought up by having the different note selections also changes the batting order somewhat. Yeah, I'm just trying to spot that as is. Uh, yeah, it's not so not so easy, is it? We've got some weird sort of things, haven't we? Well, for a start, obviously you've got A minor is going to be A minor. That is A minor works. But your B diminished isn't going to work because it's got F in it. A minor over. So, so your B diminished, as in your your yeah. your sort of B, F, D, B. So that doesn't quite work. But the F sharp means a, a B minor, and that does work because the F is now replaced with an F sharp. G in the C. Um, yeah. G sharp. If we make the G as G sharp, we get that kind of sound, which is augmented. So a C augmented. Okay. Your D, because the F is only the, the only rogue. Instead of D minor, we get a D. Okay, D seven. Curve D7. Your E minor in the key becomes an E because, of course, the G is a G sharp now. G sharp, yeah. Okay. F no longer really figures, but what you can get is an F sharp diminished. go a couple of frets higher you've then got G sharp diminished as well which also fits within the key and then you're back to A minor again now without wishing to kind of overcomplicate things with chords you could go on and on and on I mean as a yeah. kid I had a chord dictionary and it was pretty scary when it said on the front oh, there's over 2,400 chords in here yeah. of course it's almost limitless we're just thinking about the you know you can't have an A minor 7 because you've got the, the G. G so you need to have an A minor over is it well, what you could do a minor, uh, major seven or something. Where it would work, though. I mean, we're going to get into something a little more simple first. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. It's but awesome. if you think about... We're also a bit time-limited, aren't we? We shouldn't be. A little. Yeah. But this, we're going to try and give people the usable morsels. Okay. You sometimes get this chord progression. We've all heard it. Still got the blues or something like or that. Or stairway to heaven. Stairway to heaven, yeah. 
So we've basically got an A minor. Yeah. Then we've got an A minor, which we've added the G sharp to. Yeah. Now you can either have it like stairway where it's a root dropping down, or you can have it within your A minor chord. So you end up with an A major minor seven. Or a major minor chord kind of thing. There's another way of dropping this in. No, that's alright. Must be there. That's That's an A major seven. Minor seven, minor, minor, minor. That one is it? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I should have known that. That's right. So, the A minor going to a sort of a major minor chord yeah. we've got a minor third and a major seven so a major minor seven that's called so we've dropped a note within it if you then go to the minor seven which adds the G so you've got that line going down yeah. and then to a D D seven's now the F sharp is in play and you could use those as root notes like you, like you do in stairway or you could use those within the confines of those chords. The only rogue then is in the G. Yeah. So when you get to the G, you just make sure you swap your G sharp out for G natural. Yeah. So you're essentially sort of playing like... Dorian. Yeah. Yeah. So let's try that in terms of playing over the top of a progression like that because it's one of those progressions that could sort of fox you in a way. So I want to play the chords while you try some harmonic minor over the top of it. Where's, where's the G again? It's, uh... So it's there on the fifth fret of the D string is where we're going to put the G. So that's where you need to change. Gotcha. So the yeah, third yeah. chord in out of the four. And the D's not right, so it's only that one, isn't it? That's so, it. Okay, all right. So what I would do as well is when you're on the A minor, we have to be a little careful of the G sharp, just like we'd be careful of the blues note. So we might slide into... sound a little strange. It does sound a little strange. It's a bit uh, awkward. <laughs> it is. You well, still have to notes. sort of select your notes yeah. kind of well.
if you play me the chords, yeah, yeah. you're happy to do that, and I'll give you a sort of an example. So again, you have to be a little bit careful and you may even be passing through that scale momentarily because you might find that some of the, the notes are just a little too jarring. Maybe I should funk it up a little bit, the back, back in for it. Let's do that again. Okay. Two, three, four... does have some weirdness to it yeah but you can see how if you were kind of careful you could actually use it quite quite yeah. well yeah yeah sounds good you might find as well if you were faced with a situation where maybe you're writing music for a film yes okay often i hear music for films and of course it's i was saying to the guy last night it's written for the film for that particular scene mm. written you know with that in mind Mm. Yeah, often the scales which I use, maybe say for a thriller or a horror, might be more jarring. Hey, there was a good example on Reddit the other day of uh, somebody playing, do you know Stranger Things? Have you seen that? I haven't, no. Uh, it's very, very good, but it's literally the, um, might be worth going out and checking out, it's literally just arpeggios. You go like a C major 7 arpeggio, mm-hmm. plays through that, then a C minor 7 arpeggio, then a C diminished arpeggio and then back to the C major or something like that I can't remember but yeah it's quite it's quite a good use of it and that's a horror essentially yeah interesting it's, like, it's got a jarring you know major to minor yeah. kind of weird sound to it I mean if you were doing something more film music-y just pedaling between those two chords you do that those two chords. Yeah. I'll come up with a sort of a hopefully a haunting melody. Mm-hmm. 
Sort of hear how you could use it in that kind of context. Oh, that sounds good. Also, if you had a maybe a tune where you're going from A minor to the D, B minor to the E. a little bit tentative with these things mm. and, and sort of often kind of mix them in with other sort of scales. Yeah. You know, you often find on their own they might be quite weird and maybe not every note's going to be a winner. Yeah. Um, but sort of mix maybe the sort of melodic minor in with mm. your standard natural minor. Yeah. Or even pentatonic, pentatonic. Often, isn't it, as well? Just to, That's right. As a sort of safety net. That's right. Something else that works really, really well, um, one of the modes of the uh, melodic minor is your Locrian sharp four. Mm. So simply put, if I was playing a blues, so I've got my first chord, say A, second chord, say D, third chord, say E. Over the E, if I played, (laughs) it's going to sound very strange, F, Melodic minor, with E as the root, mm-hmm. I would have the Locrian 
sharp four. Ah, there you go. Nice. So you would get a sort of... That kind of sound. Okay, so I'm back major blues. doing something jazzy I mean it sounds a little strange over that kind of blues I guess but it would work yeah. it sort of fits really well over a 7 sharp 5 chord so a seven, 7th chord in this case E7 with the 5th in other words the B note raised to a C so you get 12 12 13 13 12 mute 12 13 13 places where it would work one at the end of some sort of turnaround I think especially if you're doing something really funky maybe something kind of a little a little fusion-y Yeah, I mean, even over a straight seven. Yeah. 
still works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got a very jazzy, unusual sound, but it yeah. does work. Yeah. The other place you can use it, if you're playing something fairly funky that sits in a static way, or even anything rocky and yeah. sits in a static place, you know. <laughs> Like an A minor seven kind of vamp. something like that you know you could play it fairly straight with your Dorian and your, your blues and pentatonic You went away. Yeah, yeah. So you can use that sort of approach there. Yeah. As with all scales, I would always advocate mix and match every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and also you've got to ask yourself, what kind of sound do I want to produce? Yeah. There's no point in playing something for the sheer hell of it if you don't like that sound. You kind of got to play within your um, limits as well, haven't you, I think? Know your limits. Yeah, knowing your limits. I think that's something I'm learning. It's weird, isn't it? It's like as you uh, kind of get a little bit better, I think as I listen back to some of the earlier episodes, I realise I've actually improved. (laughs) But um, as you get a little bit better, you start realising that you don't want to do almost as much of the complicated stuff when the stakes are high. You you want to get... It's interesting, I I was... I would text a guy today who had a lesson back in February and they said, oh, I'm off on holiday and, you know, can I come back in March? Sure, you know. So I thought I'd send him a courtesy text to say, oh, you know, you're interested in booking more lessons. And he said he was giving up because he was so frustrated. No way. And I said to him, that's a real shame. I said, because, you know, I said, I firmly believe everyone can improve and get better. 
Yeah. And I said, really, you know, when you play, you know, especially when you're just getting to grips with things, don't expect too much and don't expect too much from yourself. You know, it's good to push and it's good to feel like you can push and improve, but you're going to do your head in if you expect to get miracles (laughs) overnight. And I said to him how guitar playing often, probably like so many things in life, I'm sure it doesn't sit alone in this regard. It kind of has plateaus to it. You learn something new, it projects you to the next level, the next plateau, and you can stay there for a week, two weeks, Mm. six months. 20 years I've seen some players stay there and not really learn much beyond their, you know, what they've done. You know, there, there was a saying a friend of mine had, which was, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Yeah, I like that. And there is some truth in that. Yeah, yeah. if you don't push the boundaries, if you don't try and improve, then don't sit there and expect improvement. Mm. You know, but at the same time, don't be unreasonable on yourself, especially when you're starting out. Mm. You know, remember that you're you're not going to make it sound like it's got professional polish overnight. You know, even when I was, you know, even when I was been playing quite a few years. You know, six, seven, eight years. You know, I, I, I tried to make my playing sound as professional as possible, but yeah. everything you realise from controlling the guitar to getting good sounds to listening to the rest of the band, and also sometimes being held back or projected forward by how good or not so good the musicians you play with are. Mm. All of these things have an impact on how your developer as a player, I would always choose to play with people who are better than me, really, so that I have to step up to the plate Mm. and I have to bring it and I have to deliver. But at the same time, that's after years and years and years of carving a certain niche for myself with music. Mm. When you're starting out, you know, you, you have to certainly kind of remember that there are goals that are really soon. You know, there's things I could give you and you go and play them at a pub gig that night after sitting down with the guitar for a short period of time, and you'd be chuffed. Oh, mm. great. Oh, I, did, so I pulled off something that I didn't pull off before. I'm really happy, and it wasn't a lot of effort. It was just really a different angle. It wasn't something I couldn't play. Mm. There'll be other things that in 15 years, you know, we'll still be sitting there thinking, Scratching our heads and- oh, God, damn. Yeah, so I still can't quite, you know. But that's guitar. Uh, 30 second notes mixed with a few, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> that's what keeps us yeah. coming back. That's right, yeah. In a way. Um, one last thing I want to have a quick look at, which I think could be quite an interesting one as well. Yeah, okay. While we're in a minor mood, mm. um, is looking at harmonic minor. Yeah, okay. Arguably, I would say harmonic minor is less jarring and easy to deal with. Yeah. But if you. Let's look at the notes, actually. Sorry, before I go off into one. So here, the difference over a normal minor scale is the seventh note is raised by half a step. Yeah. So one fret. So in the key of A, you get A. It's all the same, isn't it? It is to a point. That's right. B, C, D, E, F, G sharp. sort of affects things is okay you you know in all fairness you wouldn't well you could write you know an entire progression around the harmonic minor if you want to Mm -hmm. 
Um, in chord terms, your D minor would actually be a D, D diminished. Yep. Um, e would minor would be an E, for example. So anywhere there's a G, you would get replaced with a G sharp. In essence, where you tend to get this sort of progression is, or, or progression which sort of supports this scale choice, is where you've got a normal A minor progression and a more dramatic fifth chord, the major chord, is used over the minor. Think of the mummers and puppers, California Dreaming. <laughs> A minor G, F, E sus 4, E. Yep. So over that E, because you've got the G sharp, the harmonic minor fits perfectly. Yeah. But the harmonic minor doesn't necessarily fit perfectly in the other places. Or the other two called G. Because you've got a G sharp. So you've got A minor, F, G, F, E sus 4. So, so, it's, it's so briefly though, isn't it? But really, this is in what, a way, you don't yeah. think scales almost, do you? You want to think, ah, uh, oh, when I hit the E, I want to be hitting the G. Right. G sharp, so know? this is kind of in a way what I'm, in essence, what I'm getting at. Yeah. Is it's also easy to kind of get caught up in all of these scales. You can look at it as a change of scale. You can also look at it as, you know, I'm swapping my G for a G sharp. Yeah, which is maybe more helpful for the amount of time you're on it. Possibly, if you're certainly going down the melodic route, I think maybe if you want the wow factor and you want to do things which are a little bit more technical, you like need I some did the speed scales. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You know, for instance, I had the. Um, yeah, so I kind of went down the scale that way. Or arpeggio. Time for, for that, yeah. There is. Where you might also get it is if you uh, get to use it as if you're playing over a kind of metal backing, you know, where you've got that kind of semitone thing, so that old school metal, you know. There's an E to F kind of. Yeah. Uh. 
Yeah, that's all right. So then you've got a kind of Phrygian dominant sound, you know. So then you're essentially playing a, a mode, you're playing like the Phrygian dominant mode, but we're basically yeah. using the A harmonic minor scale, but over the chord, which is a fifth above, so we're using it over the E. And so it's very effective there, but it also throws up a few diminished options, so we haven't got too much time really no. to go into that, but if you know your sort of diminished sort of sweeps and things, which are quite closely linked to mm. your sevenths, you can use your over that E sound. Same thing. You can use a yeah, we can use a sort of a G sharp diminished chord. So Thanks so much. That's all right. There's places you can use it. Anywhere a tune settles on a chord mm. is like open season. Obviously, yeah. you want it to make musical sense, you know. Yes, you, you know, that Les Paul and get, get those... Uh, <laughs> that's right. It's like just because there's a gap in, in a conversation and you can yeah. say something doesn't mean you want to go... There's a hell load of rubbish. You know, it's got to make yeah. some kind of musical yeah. sense and have a bearing on what's being played. But the thing is that when a tune settles on a chord, and it was Joe Satriani who famously said, you know, the more chords you add into a progression, the more you close down what you can play over the top. Mm. The more anonymous the chords are left, so are they major, are they minor? Well, you could get that with a power chord because there's no major or minor third in a power chord, mm. otherwise known as a five chord. Or if a chord progression maybe consisted of a couple of chords where you could use several different approaches, yeah, um, rather than being tied into the the sort of straightforward sort of it's you know major, it's major, it's diatonic, and blah, 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 then you might have a few sort of options. But sometimes when we're looking at the odd scales, apart from playing them over jazzy things, and apart from playing them in the places and the contexts where they work, yeah, sometimes. You know, you, you listen to, as I said earlier, film music and things like that, you get a lot of whole tone scales. Yeah. And that sort of thing, because of their jarring nature, 
There's no point in using loads of different scales for the sake of it. They have to have a use. Yeah, yeah. That's why when I'm teaching people the modes, I say, well, major and minor, they're straight major and minor. We know what they do. Dorian is kind of bluesy. It can be used over sort of blues and rock. Phrygian, it's got a kind of Spanish sound, or you could even say like a classical medieval kind of sound to it, depending on how it's played. Locrian sounds quite strange. It goes over a diminished chord, and it's not one you're going to get out of the bag every day. Mm. Mixolydian has that kind of blues but chirpy and happy kind of sound or country kind of mm. sound to it. You've got Lydian. Well, that's Joe Satriani in a bag, isn't it? Yeah. Um, exactly. And that's, that's, there they are. That's the seven. That's how it rolls. So those are our staple. They are our meat and potatoes. Yes, each with their own personality. Yeah. Somebody talking to personalities, the chapter I taught last night, we were talking about this, and I said, I had a a friend once who said, you know, most of the people in this world have what we call a builder personality. They're the people who are going to make good politicians. Stable, blah, 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 boring, and, and yeah, yeah. not particularly exciting. And then there are the other personality types, like the dreamer and the explorer and so forth. And they are sort of peppered throughout our society. Because if you had a society just full of builders, it would be boring. And if you had a society just full of dreamers and explorers... Not a lot would get done. You'd well, mayhem. Exciting <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. mayhem, but mayhem nonetheless. Yeah. And it's the same with scales. It's mayhem if you just use weird stuff all the time. It's an exciting exploration, but you might want to consider sort of pairing it back and using it sparingly. In the same way, you know, Pepe are playing with it where it matters and where it's going to have the greatest effect and where it's not going to be... Don't use it for the sake of it. Exactly. Use it where it belongs. I was saying to him, there's a really great tune which has that kind of slight discordancy to it. There's a series in the 80s, you might remember it, called Edge of Darkness, UK yeah. TV series, and Eric Clapton wrote the theme tune. Right. And it was quite unusual for Eric Clapton, so I wouldn't really say it was particularly bluesy, um, but it had, especially the orchestral backing, had that slightly jarring... Because if you read the backup on it, have a look on Wikipedia or whatever, it, it was all about sort of, I think, nuclear stuff mm. and all the rest of it. It had a slightly dark side to it, and that was very well portrayed in the music. Mm. And you listen to the music, the orchestral backing's really good because it brings that jarring edge to an otherwise very simple melody. Yeah, yeah. And these are the places that if you're a composer or something, you may well find these scale types useful to you mm. thank you very much Dan no that's problem. a great lead on from last time as well no problem pleasure as always stay tuned for more episodes jams improvisation ideas and well informed thoughts about amps pedals and guitar tone if you enjoy this podcast leave us a review on iTunes find us on SoundCloud or see our website on tunein-toneup.com here you'll find show notes tabs and further research and resources it's also a good place to get in touch We hope you're finding these lessons as interesting and as useful as I do, and if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them.